Hey, this is Becca Irway, the worship pastor for Pathway Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that this will inspire you, that it will build your faith, and start you on a path of purpose. Enjoy the message. Man, it's so good to see you. So glad that you are here. I'm glad I'm here. It's been a while, y'all. Like, man, it's good to see you. Uh, If you're new, welcome. My name is Brian. I'm the pastor. And at Pathway, our goal, everything that we do is simply this one thing. We want to help you know God. That's what we are all about. So again, thanks so much for coming. Man, just at awesome, incredible time of worship. Wow, that is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we, I feel like we say this every week, and it's true. It's not just some slogan. Like, God is moving here at Pathway. And, like, there's going to be a time where I'm not even going to preach. Like, we're just going to worship the whole time. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, man, it was awesome. Speaking of worship, how about our worship pastor last week, Pastor Becca? Didn't she do an amazing job? Man, that was so good. Like, man, that was awesome. So I just, I, you guys, I... I don't just, I don't want to say this too much because it sounds like we're bragging and we are, but we are so blessed to have an amazing staff. And I really mean that at Pathway. Any one of them can get up here and speak and do a phenomenal job. Pastor Cam, our youth pastor, is going to be speaking in a couple of weeks and we're looking forward to that. But we are just so blessed to have an incredible staff, incredible purpose team members that make all this happen. Yeah, let's give it up for purpose team members, make all this happen every week. So, Man, awesome, awesome stuff. So, again, thanks for coming. And, and you definitely want to be here next week. We're going to do uh, something special we had planned on doing in February, and then it decided to snow and pipes burst in the theater. But uh, we're going to do a, a panel on racism, so we encourage you to be here. You need to be here. I don't care what you think about racism, good, bad, or ugly. You need to be here, all right? It's going to be really, really good. I promise you, you will benefit from that. And then uh, the week after that, Pastor Cam speaking. And uh, then, man, a, a month from today's Easter, so we think about who you're going to be inviting and bringing on Easter. Really excited about that and and, uh, some excited stuff coming up. But today, uh, I want to share something from you that's been on my heart since this summer, and God's still been working on it and and kind of putting it together. But uh, something this summer, as I was just reading kind of late summer, reading my Bible on my own, uh, just just read my Bible like I do on a, on a regular daily basis. And, and, and I came across something that I have read before numerous times, but it was like I read it almost for the first time when I read it this last time. And it just jumped off the page like, that's the cool thing about the Bible. It's not like works of Shakespeare or great novels. You know, this is something with the Bible, the more that you read it, you could read something 10 times. And on the 11th time, you get something brand new out of it. That's just what the Holy Spirit does in your life as you read the Bible. He, he, we, he would, we would say illuminates, he brightens things. And, and that's what he did for me. And it's honestly changed my life in an amazing way. And I can't wait to share this with you. And uh, we're just going to talk about, uh, if we had to give a, a title, and I'm not really into title, but it'd be fire. And we're going to look at three fires in the Bible. I love fire. I really do. I, I, I could, we have a fireplace. I could burn a fire every day if we had the money to, to buy the wood. Like, I just, I love making fires. And, and fires are, are an amazing thing. And we're going to look at, very often in the Bible, when God shows up in a, in a physical way, he shows up as fire. Not all the time, but a lot of the time he shows up as fire. 
And I want to show you three big instances. I say the biggest cases that God shows up in the entire Bible as fire, and, it, and, and they're all connected, and it'll change, I believe, your life, and, and I'm really excited about that. But I want to start off with this verse. It's in the New Testament of the Bible. The New Testament, the Bible has New and Old Testament. The New Testament, a book called Hebrews, and, and in Hebrews, towards the very end, in chapter 12, it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12, verse 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, you could preach a whole sermon on that. Let us be thankful and please God, how? By worshiping him, how? With holy fear and awe. Why? For our God is a devouring fire. Now that might scare you like, man, I thought like fire was all about hell. Now God's fire, like I lose, lose, man. I go to hell, there's fire. God's a devouring fire. God's going to devour me. No, no, no. And what he's saying is, look, because God's kingdom is unshakable. I'll just preach that just for a few moments real quick. Like America can be shaken, right? It has been this last year. Every nation on earth can be shaken. But God's kingdom, where you really belong, the real home for you is not here. It's in heaven. God's kingdom is unshakable. And so it doesn't matter who the president is, doesn't matter what laws are passed or COVID, God's kingdom is unshakable. And because of that, let's do what? Worship him because everything else is shakable. God's unshakable. How should we worship him? With fear and awe. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm scared God's going to strike me down with lightning, but just, God, you're so amazing. You're so awesome. God, I remember where I was a year ago when COVID hit and how scared I was and how afraid I was and, and all the ups and downs this year, but God, you brought me through and I'm still standing here today. I'm better than I was a year ago, God, because you're good and you're faithful. And that's what it means to worship God in fear and in awe. Like, like I don't care what the doctor says. I know that my God can heal me. I know that he's faithful. I don't care how bad the, the devil says I messed up last, last week or, or where my past was. God has mercy on me and a purpose and plan for my life. That's what it means to worship God with fear and awe. You're just in awe of how awesome he is, how good he is, how much he loves you. Why? Because he is a devouring fire. Now, don't be scared of that. In fact, I think you embrace it. And here's, here's the thing. So understand that. We see fire and God a lot in the Bible. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Here's one of the first cases we ever see him. And that's the, the, the first thing you got to know is that God's fire, the fire is to guide me. The fire guides me. Now, check this out. The first one that we have is in the Old Testament of the Bible in Exodus chapter 13. Verse 21, what has happened is the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, there's about a million plus of them, they have been in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years. God has rescued them out. He's parted the Red Sea. If you, if you look at geography, there's Egypt, then there's the Red Sea, which is a large, large body of water, and then there's the, the wilderness, and then the promised land that God promised them, which is modern-day Israel. And it says that God brought them out, and to get them out, they were, they were between literally a rock and a hard place because the Egyptian army was coming behind the the Red Sea was in front of them. God parts the Red Sea. They come on dry ground to the other side. And in the middle of that, Pharaoh's army uh, tries to uh, chase them in the waters. And then God sends the water to destroy the army. So not only did he deliver them, he destroyed the army. And then God says, hey, we're in the wilderness. And I want to I guide you in the wilderness. 
And, it, and if you've seen that, it, it is truly a wilderness. It's, there's no vegetation that lives there. Few animals can live there. It's dark. It's, it's desolate. It's just sandy. It's rocky. It gets incredibly hot. That's the wilderness. And God tells them, I want to guide you in the middle of the wilderness. And here's what we're going to do. I want you to, to, to build a tabernacle is what the Old Testament calls it. It's like a portable church, just like what we do every single Sunday right here. And so he says, hey, wherever, wherever that goes, I'm going to guide you how? By a cloud during the day and by fire at night. I'm going to guide you. You don't know where you to go. You've never been in this wilderness before. And you're alone and you're afraid and you're scared and you're nervous. But I just want you to know I want to guide you in the middle of this. How? Through fire. And that's what it says here. It says that the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and the, and the provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Don't you love it that God says, I'm not just a God for you during the daytime when the sun's out and your life is, is peachy and warm and everything's good and it's 2019 and life couldn't get great. I, I'm, I'm the God of the nighttime of 2020. I'm the God when it looks hopeless and when you're scared and when you don't know what's going to happen, I can still guide you in the middle of the wilderness when other people turn their back on you and other people give up and that person walks out on you and they stab you in the back and they hurt you and that doctor report is isn't what you hope for. I can still guide you in the middle of the darkness and in the middle of the wilderness. I want to guide you. How? Fire. Here's the other thing. As you read Exodus on, God says, I, I don't just want to guide. I want to be with you. And so how? We're going we're gonna to create this portable church. And so that as I'm guiding you, we might stay this place for a month. We might stay here for a year. But wherever we go, I'm going to guide you. And when, when we settle somewhere, when that fire settles, I want you to build this tabernacle, which is a, a portable church. And, and we can worship together there. And it says that as they, and God gives very specific instructions about the tabernacle, which points to Jesus. And that's a whole other message. But it says that as they built the tabernacle, they offered a sacrifice or, or an offering to God just to, to say, hey, we love you and we want you to be with us. And as they did that, it said, the fire of God came down and dwelled on the tabernacle, dwelled on the tabernacle. It would be like if people driving down, uh, you know, uh, 10th Street or, or Interstate 40 and there's a fire over theater number five at AMC, right? It'd be crazy stuff. That's what happened. There was the fire of God that guided them. Now, here's the thing. You say, why fire? Why is that such a big deal? Why would God often show up in the Bible as fire? Because fire symbolizes God's presence. Fire purifies things that are, that are uh, impure. Fire gets rid of the things that don't belong. They even do that to this day with steel, with gold, with, with many, many precious metals. They, they heat it up really hot, and they get rid of the things that don't belong, that are impure, that will weaken it. Because fire makes it stronger. We worship God, as Hebrews says, with fear and awe. Why? Because he's a devouring fire. Should we be scared? No, because the fire of God makes me stronger, not weaker. The fire of God makes me better. He purifies my life. The fire also set them apart from every other nation on earth. And in that day, all these other nations, what set them apart, this nation of slaves, was the fire of God. The other thing about fire you have to understand is fire has some practical uses. It lights your way. In that day, they had no electricity. So the only time they could see at night was fire. It lit the way in the darkness. Fire kept them warm on the cold nights when they were freezing. Fire keeps you warm. 
Fire has practical uses. God shows up as fire. Listen, if Israel didn't have the fire, they would be lost in the wilderness. They would be alone in the wilderness, and they would be cold in the wilderness. Can I just encourage you today to let you know the fire of God, that fear and all, is not to be afraid of it, but to embrace it. Why? Because without the fire of God in your life, your life would be cold, it would be alone, and it would be full of fear and worry, and I'm scared, and I'm nervous, because you're trying to light your own path. That's not how God created you. God said, I want to light your path. Why? Because I created you, and I know what's better for you than you know for yourself. Just trust me. Listen, quit trying to do life on your own because it's only going to lead to more heartache. Instead, let the fire of God light your life. He gives light in the darkness, warmth when you're cold and alone. Let your life be guided by him. Here's the second fire. The fire is with me. So, I'm, I'm, we're like going through the whole Bible here really quick today. So that was the first time we see fire. God says, I want to I guide you. I want to lead you out into a new life, into a new purpose, into a new hope. God's saying that to you today. I want to I wanna guide you into something new in 2021. I want to guide you to something new this year. But the second one, the fire is with me. It's one thing God says, I just guide you. No, no, no. I want to be with you as I'm guiding you. So the nation of Israel, they, they get to God's promised land, modern-day Israel, and they, they take over the land. About a 1,000 years later, there's this guy named David, King David. He's the same David that killed Goliath, this giant, with five stones with a slingshot. One of the most famous, greatest kings that ever lived in the history of the world, especially Israel. And David, one night, and this is what I read this summer that changed my life. One night, David, you can read it in 2 Samuel. David, one night, is, is, is uh, sitting there, and he's talking to God. He's praying. He's talking to God. He says, God, this isn't right that, that I live in this beautiful palace. I'm the king. I get to live in this beautiful home. And yet, you're still staying in the tent, that tabernacle. Like, God, like the king had a great palace, a permanent home, but God was still living in this tent. And David says, I'm going to build you the, the greatest, most beautiful palace ever. And they called it a temple. And so David draws up the blueprints and the architecture and the plans, and he's got it all ready to go. David wasn't able to build it, but his son Solomon, who the Bible says was the wisest man besides Jesus that ever lived, Solomon actually finishes it and builds it on out. And notice what it says in the in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, says this, that when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from the heaven and burned up the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. In other words... Just like what happened a thousand years before with Moses, when they finished building this tent for God to be in, the fire of God comes to guide them and lead them. A thousand years later, God has a permanent home, this temple, and the same thing happened, that God comes down and he consumes the offering that they had. And it says that they were supposed to light a fire on the inside of the temple and the tabernacle, and it would burn forever to symbolize God's presence is burning forever with them. The fire is with them. It's, it's not coincidence that the first time we see the fire. The second time with the temple, we see a fire. He wants to be with them. God says, I, I want to be in the middle of whatever you're in the middle of. Now, here's the problem, though, with the temple. The temple was, was actually restricted access. The temple wasn't open to anybody and everybody 
they weren't available. The temple was, was only for one person once a year. And the Bible calls that person the high priest. It would be like the pastor of all the pastors, like the head guy. And he could go only go in the, the temple once a year where God was. In Jewish mind, they, they viewed it as God lives in heaven, we live on earth. But the one place that overlapped heaven and earth was the temple, a sacred, sacred place. So the priest would go in once a year, the high priest. But, but like you couldn't just feel God, you couldn't experience God wherever you lived. You had to go there, and only one person could go in once a year. There's a problem, which leads us to the third fire, which is the greatest. The first two are nice. The third one should change your life. And, and I'm telling you, I hope you, I hope you make these connections because it'll change you. Here's the third fire. The fire is in me. So we flash forward another thousand years. And Jesus has been on the earth. And Jesus dies on the cross. And we're going to celebrate that in a few weeks at Easter. And he's brought back to life. And, and he goes to heaven. And he has his 12 disciples. And they have some other followers. And, and it says in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, which is the actions of the disciples, in Acts, it says that there's 120 followers of Jesus. I mean, think about all the, all the miracles Jesus did, all the large crowds, thousands of people. And yet, after Easter, there's only 120 left. And Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But I want you to stay right here in this room and just pray and wait. Because I'm going to send you something that's going to change your life. And in Acts chapter 2, this is what it says. This is the, the next fire. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like what? Flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Notice the connection. The first time we really see God living among people in a powerful way was the tabernacle in a tent. How did he show up? Fire. The next time we see God in a powerful way living among his people to be with them in the temple, fire. And now God says, I don't want to live in a tent anymore. I don't want to live in a building. I want to live in you. The fire of God doesn't just guide you. It's not just with you. The fire of God wants to be in you, to change your life. The God says, look, it's not enough for me just to be in a tent and you to be on the outside. It's not enough for me to be a building and I can only be with you once a year. No, I want to be with you everywhere, available, anywhere, anytime. The fire of God, those tongues of fire were in them. That's what God wants for you, to be in you. The cool thing is about Easter, Jesus died on the cross, and, and as you read the, the four accounts of the life of Jesus called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says, all of them say this, that, that when Jesus was on the cross and he died, he breathed his last breath, that it says in the temple where God was hanging out, that's the only place God could be, because people are full of sin and God can't be where there is sin. In the temple, there was this curtain called a veil, a curtain, really thick curtain, and it was taller than this room, and it ripped from the top to the bottom. Why does that matter? 
because God's saying, don't you keep me in this room any longer. Jesus died. My son died on the cross. Why? So that I could be with you. I could be in you. I'm not restricted anymore. It's not restricted access. I'm not just for the good Jewish people. I'm not just for the good Christian people. I'm for everybody all the time, anywhere. You can't keep me in this place. I want to be in you and I want to be with you. Notice this. Every time God does something new, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was new, fire of his presence. The temple, something new, fire of his presence. And now, I just got news. You know what's greater than the tabernacle? You know what's greater than the temple? You are. I am. We are the church, and we are greater. And the fire of God fell in Acts chapter 2, and he is still burning in us. Here's the cool thing. It started off with 120 people in this room praying, and by the end of that chapter, there's 3,000 people that give their life to Jesus. And by the end of the book of Acts, it says entire regions that hundreds of thousands of people believed in Jesus. That fire is still spreading today. And I've got the fire in me. God doesn't just guide me. He's not just with me. He is in me. The fire of God is in me. God wants to be with you. He wants to be in you. That fire is spreading. I'm thankful today because 2,000 years later, the fire of God is still spreading. It's spreading my life. It's spreading in your life. It's spreading over 7 billion people on this earth. The fire wants to be in you. Here's the thing. You need to be in the fire. We worship God. Why? Because he's a devouring fire. He purifies things that doesn't belong. He guides us when we're in dark and lonely places. He wants to be in us. Listen. Here's the good news today about God. This is, unfortunately, I think this is the way a lot of Christians, quote unquote, think. Definitely a lot of non-Christians think this way. I have to go to God. That I'm such a miserable, pathetic person. I got to go to God. God would never come to me if he really knew what I did in my life. Many Christians think that too. That's why for them going to church is a religious act. No, no, no. Going to church is a love act. Because I just love him. I don't do it. Listen, and a lot of Christians are still stuck in that second fire of the temple. It's this permanent place. And if I want to go to God, I got to do it. And I'll do it once a year at like Easter and maybe Christmas. And it's just a religious thing. I wish I could know God more, but I just can't. Man, baby, I came, to, I came to encourage you today to let you know that's why Jesus died on the cross so that you don't have to go to God anymore. That's the good news. He came to you when you couldn't go to him. He came to you. That's the message of Jesus. He wants to be with you. It's no longer restricted access just for the religious elite. No, God is available for anyone, anywhere, anytime he's available. Don't you dare think anything different because that's a lie from the enemy. I don't care where you feel like you're in a lonely wilderness, dark wilderness, the fire of God's with you. And here's the cool thing, very quickly, that, that in Jewish mind, the thing that they celebrate the most was, was what they call Pentecost. It was 50 days after, after Passover, which was like their 4th of July, but even greater. That was the day they, they were delivered out of Egypt. And 50 days later, they come to Mount Sinai. If you were in Exodus, they come to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, God gives them his law. He gives them a good chunk of the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. You could think of it like that. And in Jewish mind, 
they celebrate that. And that's what they call Pentecost. It was 50 days later after God delivered. He gave us the law. Now, now we wouldn't really celebrate that we get the law of Oklahoma or the law of the United States. We don't really celebrate laws. In fact, we try to break them sometimes, but that's another message. But, he, but they celebrate that. Why would they celebrate that? It's a Jewish festival called Shavuot. They celebrate Shavuot even to this day. And even to this day, they, they do no work, and they read out of the Old Testament 24-7. That they just celebrate. They just love the law of God. And they celebrate that. Why? Because they realize, God, you could, this, I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're going to take notes. God, you could have given your word to any other nation, but you chose us. To them, the law of God, the word of God, set them apart from every other nation on earth. Now, unfortunately, they weren't supposed to keep it. They were supposed to give it. They weren't supposed to keep the fire. They weren't supposed to keep the word. They were supposed to give it to every other nation, and they failed in that. But now, what is Jesus? Well, when you read the New Testament in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God and with God, and in him all things are created. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Here's the thing. He says, hey, the word of God, Jews celebrate that as the law, but but." thousands of years, 2,000 years later at Pentecost, the Jews are in town in Jerusalem celebrating the law of God, the word of God. But 120 people are celebrating Jesus, that he was dead and resurrected because Jesus is the word of God. He is the law of God. And as they celebrate him, the Holy Spirit comes in the form of fire on them and changes them. And God is doing something new that is still going on to this day. So from then on, they don't celebrate the Jewish thing of Shabbat. We celebrate today Pentecost. Why? Because, hey, we're not celebrating the law. That was Jesus. We're celebrating the fire of God in our life. And listen, we're not to keep it to ourselves. In fact, their attitude wasn't, look at this great fire that we have. Look at this great gift that we have. No, no, no. Their attitude was, this isn't just for me. It's for you. And I want to give it to you freely. And I want to spread it. And they go from 120 to 3,000. And I just hope that that's your attitude today as well. Don't just keep the fire of God, the message of Jesus, the hope of Jesus to yourself. Give him, spread him to the holding, the hurting, and the dark world around you. Jesus says that actually in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you, he's talking to you and me today, are the light of the world. Don't you dare hide your light. What's he talking about? Flashlights? No, they don't have flashlights. There's no electricity. He's talking about fire. You could say it this way. Jesus is looking at you today saying, you are the fire of the darkness around you, the culture. Listen, quit complaining about the culture around you and how bad American culture and start being the fire of Jesus to them. They're hurting. They're dark. They're broken. They're lost. Be the fire and provide warmth. Be the beacon of hope in the dark wilderness in the culture that we live in. Don't keep him to yourself. You spread the fire to anyone. The fire of God changes our lives. In the Old Testament, as we read with the tabernacle and temple, they could only see the fire. But in the New Testament Acts, they were the fire. This is good stuff. I'll just just take my own note. This is good. They went from, I could see it, but I can't experience, to now because of Jesus, I am the fire. 
before in the Old Testament. Notice what it said, the fire burnt up the offering. But notice what it says in Acts, the fire burns them up. They were the offering. In fact, later on in Romans, it says that, the, that we should present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. That the fire of God is continued. Here's the other deal. In the Old Testament, they would, they in the temple and tabernacle, they had to light the fire on the inside. Yes, God would come on the outside, but they had to light it on the inside. Here, they didn't light it. God did. Can I just encourage you? That fire on the inside of you, you didn't light it. God did. What God is doing in you isn't because your education or your status or who you married. It, the fire inside of you is what God is doing on the inside of you. It's Him. The Old Testament, the fire was just a Jewish thing. You really couldn't experience it unless you were Jewish. But in the New Testament, it's not just a church thing or a good Christian thing. It's a global thing. Christianity isn't just being a follower of Jesus. isn't just for you. It's not just for the people that come here and go to whatever kind of church. No, it's a global thing. The fire of God, the message of Jesus isn't just for good people. It's for everybody. Let's never have the mindset that, well, this is just for me. But instead have the mindset, I'm looking for who I can give the fire to. The message of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, the fire. Man, I know you need somebody to guide you. The fire of God can do that. Maybe not say it to them because I'd freak them out and they'd never talk to you again. But you word it better than that. But I was lost and hopeless and dark and cold and afraid and doubting and full of fear as well. I met someone who's always with me because he's in me. Changed me forever. Listen, here's what you need to walk away with today. You live in the fire and let the fire live in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. God, we love you so much. We are truly nothing without you. And Father, we ask that you would help us, not just to hear a nice message today to feel good, but your fire would be in us. Because this is available for any and everyone. God, your fire guides us like you did Israel in the wilderness. Your fire is with us like it was in the temple. But greater than both of those, your fire wants to be in us. Your fire purifies things in our life that don't belong. That's not the job of some pastor to tell us what belongs and doesn't. It's not the job of some denomination, no. Your fire does that on its own. The closer we get to you, the more the fire burns in us to keep us warm and give us guidance and light. At the same time, it burns up things that don't belong. And today, maybe we think that we need those things. We want those things. They're not that harmful. But the amazing thing, Father, about your fire is that the closer we get to it, the more warm we are, the more we're attracted to it, and those other things burn up, and we realize we never needed them in the first place. They didn't belong in the first place. We're glad that they're gone now because we have something infinitely greater. And that's you. Thank you. And I pray for all of us today, every person, no one's exempt, that we want more of your fire in us. It's not just about shouting or yelling. No, no, no. The fire of your love. Because your heart burns with fire for us. Because you love us. Help our heart to burn with fire for you. Help us to not keep it to ourselves. 
but spread it. If not just America, but this world needs anything right now, it's not government policies, not all of them are bad. It's not more of this or that. It's more fire that guides us and is in us. That's our prayer today, Father. But Lord, if you can take 120 and turn it into 3,000 in just one day, what can you do with us in this room? It's not, look what we have, how special we are. It's, what can I give to you to change your life? Thank you. Today, as we're all just continuing to pray, today, if you would say, Brian, that's me. I, before anything, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Look, we're not asking you to join our church or find religion or anything like that. All that stuff's fine, but... We're inviting you to the fire we talked about that can guide you, that can burn away those things that don't belong, that can give you hope and forgiveness and purpose and peace. If that's you, all that we ask you to do is simply raise your hand. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come to the front. Right where you're at, yeah, I want, I want a relationship with you. I want God's fire to burn in me. Just simply raise your hand right now. The rest of us are just praying. Thank you. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for loving me. I believe you're God's son. I believe you died on the cross and rose again for me. I love you. From today on, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that message. Thanks again for joining us today here on the Pathway Podcast. If you are wanting someone to agree in prayer with you, or if you are looking to take your next step in your relationship with God, please reach out to us by texting PODCAST to 405-400-0339. We can't wait to connect with you. Did you know you can follow along with the sermon notes on our app? Just go to your app store and search for Your Pathway Church, all one word. You can also follow along with us on Instagram and Facebook at Your Pathway Church. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. See you next week right here for another life-giving message.